This is the week of September 27, 2010, and this is the Mobile Fanatics toss-up. And I'm Kyron John, and with me I have... Mike Macias, um, Editor-in-Chief, if you want to call me, of uh, the Mobile Fanatics. Uh, Simon, I am a contributor to Mobile Fanatics, and I have my own site, nonokia.ca. And I'm Amir, uh, at Benjizi on Twitter, and I'm, uh, resi- I'm, I'm, I take care of BlackBerry and a little bit of MIMO. Alright, so um, if you missed our post earlier this week, the first thing you need to know about the Mobile Fanatics toss-up is it's not a podcast. Uh, this is where we tackle not just the news from the, la- the past week in mobile, the mobile industry, but we want to talk about anything that's burning, any burning questions that we may have that we want to sit down and discuss or bicker about or argue. Plus, we want to get you guys involved, so anything that you want to hear us discuss, bicker, argue about, um, feel free to email us. We're going to set, throw up our email at the end of the, uh, the toss-up or leave a comment on the website. Or hit us up on Twitter, and you're going to get those um, coordinates later on. Uh, so our regular host, myself, Mike, and Simon, we're going to be here week in, week out, and we'll be joined by a special a special guest each week. This week it's Amir. Um, based on how he does, maybe he'll be back, maybe he won't. So let's get right into it. Uh, it feels so much like the X Factor right now. I'm feeling <laughs> so judged right now. <laughs> on the spot, man. All right, so let's get right right into this right now. Um, now, Wait, just for the just for the record, I'd like to say that I only had 24 hours to prepare for this, so uh, <laughs> easy on me. Yeah? It's all right, man. We've been trying to get this going for a month, and we still haven't got through one. So don't tell them that. <laughs> Everybody knows. All right, go, let's go. Let's go. It's half past one here, yeah. So you two, all of you, are like just had dinner. I'm still awake at half one. So all right, well, nice. yeah, that's that's on. If you haven't noticed that Amir is in the UK. Um, I, I mean, how would you notice that? But Simon and myself are in the Toronto area. Mike's out in LA, so we got a little bit of a jump on him with the time. But um, as it's the end of September, all we've been hearing all year is Windows Phone Seven, Windows Phone Seven coming fourth quarter, just before Christmas. Now we're kind of nailing it down to about October, November. So let's just talk about its impact and. Um, what do you think this is going to do? So, Simon, how about you start us off? Because I know how much you love Windows Mobile. <laughs> I used to, I used to be a big Windows Mobile fan. Um, I haven't really stayed on board with them since 6.1, but because of then you know like a huge rewrite to Windows Phone 7, I think it's it's, uh, it's got the freshness. You know, the the interface is a lot different. The core has been rewritten, so a lot of the little Windows problems that used to have in six and 6.1, 6.5. I think it was going to be gone, and it's going to be a totally new experience with Windows Phone 7. I'm very excited about it. Amir, how about you? Uh, same as uh, Simon, to be honest. Uh, the whole interface is, is new. It's different from what we've seen. It's uh, I like the idea of tiles and uh, the whole interface. And uh, honestly, I, I can't wait to, to give it a try and compare it to the rest of the market. Mike, you have any thoughts? Yeah, um... Same same thoughts on on the freshness it brings to the market. I think it's going to help push um, push all the other companies, you know, to make something just as fresh. Competition's always good. Um, there are a few things though I'm not sure about when it comes to Windows Seven when it, uh, multitasking. Do you guys know anything about the multitasking or lack lack there of it? 
Um, as far as I know, it doesn't do it like per se. Um, like you're not gonna ex- you're not gonna get like an N900 experience or um, a Symbian experience on it. But I think the I think people are kind of boosting when it comes to multitasking and whether phones do it and whether they don't do it. Um, like the iPhone, it doesn't do it. Like it just you can switch between tasks, which you could always pretty much do. Um, like with for iOS 4.0, um, they just added asked added like a, a fast switching um, switching taskbar really. But it's, it's not really full uh, multitasking. It's pretty much just uh, free state, so you can change between applications, but they won't be running in the background. So yeah. it just freeze when you sw- decide to change. Right. Like just uh, the just the core applications can kind of run in the background. I mean, I I see how that how that would work, but I mean, especially uh, you and Simon. Is is that something you guys would be okay with coming from the N900? I mean, it de- I think I think I'll be able to get used to it. Um, yeah, I think it really depends. depends. What I'll be using the phone. Yeah, it really depends on what I'm running. Like, um, if they tell me, oh, this Twitter app can't run in the background, like that's retarded. Yeah. But if it's like, oh well, you can't compile this code in the background, then I won't be <laughs> I won't be that mad about it. Gotcha. Um, as far as my thoughts, like, I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, I felt betrayed. Like, I did not like it at all. Um, I was a big Windows Mobile fan myself, and I honestly didn't think that it needed, like, a total rewrite. I think maybe they just need to make it a little bit more finger-friendly and a little bit nicer to developers, but I didn't really think it had that many problems. Um, I mean, majority of the world uses... Window um, uses Windows on their PC, except for like the Mac lovers and Simon. And um, Windows Mobile looked just like if you had Windows on your computer, just on a phone. But um, I, I did- think that's why some people didn't didn't get into it because you know a lot of people had problems with Windows, like Windows ninety eight and Windows ME left a lot of people with bad taste in the mouth. So that's true. Lots of people compa- com- complain about having Windows on their phones. Yeah, that was that, but that was the big complaint about it. But um, when we talk about Windows Seven, there's one thing I'd like to add, which could be quite interesting. It's the way how they're going to integrate Xbox Live in it. And as you see, more and more companies are trying to get the whole gaming aspect to the mobile phone. Yeah, I'm wondering. I'm wondering whether that's really going to work that well. Because um, with the whole Xbox Live thing, I mean, if let's say I'm playing um, a Final Fantasy game on Xbox, and if like if I'm one of those perfectionists that needs to like complete the game 100%, and there's something on Windows Phone 7 that I can do to unlock something in the game, that's great. But if you're just creating a bunch of mobile games that are going to get you Xbox Live points, I don't think it's going to be the great experience that people are hoping for. Like I think they, I think they really got to integrate it into games and like um, make games that people would want to play like so xbox users would say hey you know what i would i would buy a windows phone 7 device to finish they didn't have the same but then sony have the same problem when they tried to integrate the whole psb into the playstation 3 gameplay if i remember well it didn't work all that well well sony has a bunch of problems when it comes to the psp (laughs) Uh, uh it does they do have a lot of problems like and i mean i'm actually surprised how many people own psps but that's another topic um, I do think that people are underestimating Windows Phone 7. Um, like, people aren't, like, uh, like just if you look at that um, Gartner projections for 2014, since everybody else seems to be doing that, um, they're not giving them enough credit. Like, I believe Windows Mobile at one point had 20% of the market share. 
And now it's underneath ten percent. Well, they haven't made a phone in over a year. And yeah, I mean, the, the last Windows, like the last real like Windows mobile devices were the Xperia X1 and the HTC HD2, HD2. And yeah. Those were like barely picked up by anybody. Just one thing, uh, Karen, I think there's a small problem because Simon and Mike are not in this conversation. It's just pretty much you and me. <laughs> Oh, no, are you still there? Cool. No, 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 they're oh, still, yeah. they're still there. Big nerds, it's all right. Okay. <laughs> Listen, you know, it's silly. All right, all right. Um, one, one more thing, one little, one more little problem I read about the other day. Something they'll probably end up updating, but it's not going to have tethering out of the box either. Even, um, even if the carrier will will be able to offer it. Yeah, there's um, there's a bit of confusion about that. One day somebody said, "Oh, it'll be the, up to the carriers." The next day they said. Oh, it won't have tethering. Um, I don't really know how to feel about this because I mean, yeah, I could say tethering's not a big deal, but tethering's not a big deal until you need it. And I could yeah. uh, I could speak from experience on that one. It's not a big deal until you need it. So um, I hope there'll be like some kind of third party app, like a Joyku Spot or something, that comes out and lets people tether. But um, uh, oh, definitely, there will absolutely there'll definitely be third party support for it. It's I think it's but also there's one thing there's one thing they announced that won't be there at the launch and I find quite stupid they're doing the same mistake as Apple before it's cut paste and uh, cut and paste which I just think is simply ridiculous wouldn't you agree yeah I mean it's a smartphone and and it's lacking a few of the features that that I think should be there I mean people people moaned and cried about the iPhone missing a lot of these features so I'm I'm just hoping people don't make excuses for the Windows Mobile. Well, and now it's like everyone's asking for tethering and so, like things like this, but I mean I remember when I got a Nokia 95 and tethering wasn't the easiest thing to do. It wasn't like now where you do, when you plug it in and it asks you, "Oh, do you want to use your phone as a modem?" Um, there's actually a little bit of like a little bit of trickery to it. Um, so I mean like as you could say like okay, it doesn't have tethering out of the box, but a lot of phones still don't. Um, a lot of phones don't make it easy. Like even the mobile hotspot stuff that um, Android has now, that they make you pay for. Um, there's not many phones that do that right out of the box. Like I know WebOS does it, and I think the new iPhones do it. But you don't go looking for an option to go to make your phone a mobile hotspot on any Nokia device or any BlackBerry. So I mean, just because it's not I, there. I don't really- I don't really get why everybody has to, you know, everybody wants to be doing it over Wi-Fi. Lots of people are getting laptops with Bluetooth, mm-hmm. and the majority of all smartphones nowadays support the Bluetooth dial-up networking profile, right. maybe except for the iPhone, well, and it's a heck of a lot, you know, uh, less power-hungry as, as firing up your 3G radio as well as your Wi-Fi radio. Well, no, I'm not just talking about tethering like Joyku Spot. I'm, I'm talking about tethering like plugging in your yeah. Right into the computer with yeah. the cable. Yeah, we get that too. But um I mean like not every phone makes it easy to just tether out of the box. Like not every phone when you plug in the USB cable is asking, Hey, do you want to tether? I know that BlackBerry does it pretty well with the latest desktop manager. All you have to do is plug your phone in, and there's a, it says, would you like to connect to Internet Mobile? And it'll just use your data connectivity straight from your phone. <laughs> you you, you can good. also just dial out with those. You can dial out with a, a new connection with a star pound. I think it's nine zero pound. 
on basically any phone that you can plug into your machine, you can set up a new connection with that. I'm pretty sure you're the only person I knew that time. <laughs> I'm not even a Windows user, and I know this. I know this stuff. Okay. Um, but I do think that Windows Phone Seven is gonna it's gonna eat into some people's profits and market share. Um, it's funny that all the Android manufacturers are actually jumping on board with Windows Phone Seven. Um, I think I think uh, Microsoft just just the name Microsoft is the reason why so many uh, companies are gonna make Windows Mobile Seven phones. Um, just the name itself, you know. Yeah, I I just find it kind of weird that okay, well, every manufacturer that's coming out with a Windows Phone Seven device also makes an Android device. But I mean, these are also manufacturers that have no no other play. Um, I mean, Samsung jumped out of bed with Symbian a long time ago, but if they blame Symbian for why those phone those Symbian devices they made failed, then they should really take a long hard look in the mirror. HTC. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say really quickly uh, about the Omnia HD, which still, which sold quite a few mobiles in its time and still actually sells a lot because it's got this uh, custom firmware where you, where you can actually build custom ROMs like they do for Android. Right, but it, it says something when you get better support from the, a dev community than you do from Samsung. Like yeah, from, phone, the, from the community. That phone came out with some serious problems. And Samsung did nothing to address them. Like, I remember the HD video recording had this serious problem where, like, you couldn't record audio, or the audio was just really, really bad. And Samsung did barely anything to fix that. So, like, I mean, that was the phone that was everyone was comparing to the N97 at the time. And, I mean, they both came out with big problems, but at least the N97, they tried to fix them. So let's move on to the T-Mobile G2, which as of uh, maybe an hour or so ago, um, they reported it's shipping maybe a week before it was reported to be out. So what do you guys think about it? What's the fuss about this Android device? Like, it doesn't really seem to be like the super-powered Android device, but what do you think the big deal is? The keyboard. Yeah, it's... One of the only other options for an Android device with a, a physical QWERTY keyboard on it right now. But if you think about it, I think it takes a lot of the design. I don't know if any of you remember the the Android Hero, and that one sold like hotcakes. It was even here in the UK, you had ads for it everywhere. People were going very crazy over it. And it just had this little bulge at the bottom where you had the full buttons and the whole touch screen. And I think, it, honestly, if if it it will pre-sell pretty well here too. I can see the whole marketing coming in place and T-Mobile that with, with a joint venture with uh, Orange in the UK, it's just going to sound like crazy. I think right now, Android is just the hot thing. Um, keyboard or not, the keyboard definitely helps. But I think um, T-Mobile doesn't have many options when it comes to Android, so so this is something big for them. And you know, the iPhone never came to, to T-Mobile, so this is this is the next best thing that they could they could pick up right now. Yeah, it seems kind of weird because T-Mobile was really the carrier of choice when Android launched. Like they were always the first to get something, and then all of a sudden it was kind of slowed down. And we've really just seen like the like the Galaxy S variant that they got, and this is probably the first big thing that they've gotten like that's their own since the G1. So I think that they, I think this works out better for T-Mobile than it does for HTC or Android. To be honest with you, 
Oh, definitely. I think it'll bring a lot of people either back to T-Mobile or to T-Mobile. Because I, 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 I don't have an Android handset. Yeah, and I don't see too many people importing importing this thing from Canada because you know Rogers, Bell, or Telus is going to get this thing. If not one, then all three. So I don't see too many AT and T customers like importing this thing from Canada. But when you look at it, even on the spec side, it's not amazing like some of the other Android devices, but it's 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 a very good all-rounder. If you look at the specs, it's got 3.7 inch, it's got good internal memory, it does HD videos, it's got camera with a flash, it can support a micro SD, you've got the, the normal 3.5mm jack. It's just a very, very good starter phone for anyone who actually wants to start on Android. Or if someone just wants to update their outdated hardware, it's always it still is a good choice. So I think that they're just banking on not making anything amazing we're just making something good enough to get the masses in yeah and i find with android handsets they're usually all high end with the same specs or low end and they call them mid-range because i mean um i was reading something yesterday about the samsung galaxy apollo which is supposedly a mid-range device that they just launched here in canada on telus and they call it a mid-range Android device, but if you look at the specs on this thing, it has the same specs as a uh, Nokia 52, um, 5230, which is about as low as you can go on Nokia touchscreen devices. So I just thought it was weird, like, okay, well, these specs on Android handset are mid-range, but these specs on a uh, Nokia device are low-end. And it's just kind of weird the way that these... Uh, I think it's the maturity of the operating systems and the maturities of the other companies that are making these devices that really speak to what's high-end, what's low-end, what's, mid- what's mid-range. And a mid-range Android device, I mean, the G2 is probably it. Mm-hmm. But speaking of Nokia, um, Simon, Mike, and you, you just came back from London where you met up with Amir, but uh, you guys got to go into Nokia World and have fun and all that good stuff. And, yeah, and, yeah. Lo- and, and no fun for the local people. <laughs> <laughs> and Symbian 3. Now, we know Nokia said we're going to sell 50 million Symbian 3 handsets. I think that's an understatement. Um, I really think, like, with those four devices that they have coming out so far, I think 50 million is an understatement because I'm sure there's going to be more. And, like, who are we kidding? Nokia sells a crazy amount of phones each day. Um, earlier today we were saying, what is it, 1.34 million, Simon? Yeah, it was, yeah, 1.34 yeah. standard phones a day. And that's per day, and that's based uh, on numbers from 2009, and they've only sold more phones this year. So I think 50 million of these Symbian 3 devices is like, is maybe they're underestimating themselves a little bit. Um, they are underestimating themselves, and um, I think that's a good thing, though, because they're going to end up surprising surprising the market because there's, there's a lot of people in North America that, that don't take Nokia seriously when it comes to smartphones, but the N8, for example, is a Symbian 3 phone that is kind of taking notice here. Even without full-blown advertising, people are realizing that it does exist, something that... Um, they never had luck with in the past so once they see how much it actually sells in the rest of the world you know they might be they might be onto something here so i I don't think they'll have a problem selling that many symbian 3 devices yeah it's um it's it's interesting and like it looks like they're getting a lot of traction with the n8 um even with the delays like and the time between the announcement and the launch 
that we're still waiting for. It doesn't seem that people have too much negative stuff to say unless you're reading PC World, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Simon, what do you think? Um, <laughs> I think uh, I'm, I'm personally not too too interested in getting myself a Symbian 3 device. Neither am I, but go on. Because of my, because I, because of what they have in the pipeline in, in terms of with Mego. But you were so excited about the Eleven. Uh oh, he uh oh, he pulled your card. I'm excited about the E7. I'm excited about the hardware on the E7, and the fact that it it has, I guess that it has Symbian 3, and it doesn't have anything lower than that. True. Um, but my but I have to place my bets on Nigo because it's just in my roots. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if they sold that many devices before Amigo device ships. Hey, don't break our hearts. <laughs> um, like with Symbian, I with Symbian just three. One, okay, you just go. You go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to add one thing. With the promotional, with everything they're doing to promote the N8, I think the N8 is going to sell actually like it's going to sell great. Like I'm just thinking about other markets. In, in Europe, it's going to sell really good. In countries like Germany, France, and the UK, it will sell. I've seen like uh, they're subsidising it everywhere around. All the major carriers are already trying to get their hands on, and most of them are trying to get exclusive deals for specific colours. For example, you can only get the the, uh, the orange one on Vodafone and stuff like that. And I can also see this work really well in Asia. And like with most, like I remember when the N97 came out and when the N N70 came out. This is when I was still a kid. These phones are phones that will sell well. If they just need that promotional backhand, the little push from marketing, make people know a phone is out there, put it on the TV, put it, put it in ads, newspapers and stuff like that. People will be interested, they will be intrigued. And at some point, people will just want to try something else. Everybody's got an iPhone nowadays, everybody's got a BlackBerry. So some people will be attracted by the by the fact that Nokia hasn't been on the, on the scene recently with any good phones. Now, there's two things that really caught my attention about what you just said. Um, one was that the orange one, the orange N8 would be uh, exclusive for Vodafone, which I think is a total slap in the face to the carrier orange. Yeah. And the second one was what you said when the N70 came out, you were still a kid, but I thought you were a kid now. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I hear what you're saying. It, it is going to sell very, very well in Europe and Asia. And I think in parts of like the Middle East, it's going to sell very well as well. And um, if the rumors are true and this thing does come out, like in Canada, one of the carriers are going to pick it up. Like Nokia devices, if Nokia makes a device, one of the carriers is going to pick it up in Canada. It's going to be quiet. Um, like you might walk into a Rogers store and be surprised that they have a Nokia device in there. Um, like the C3, I didn't even know Rogers was selling that. The Surge, that little phone that came out on AT&T about a year ago, I love that phone. Really? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to... I just double-checked. Actually, it's not the orange one that Vodafone are getting. It's the lime green one. Okay. Okay. Because, like, I mean, if they got the orange one, that would have been, like, the biggest slap in the face to orange. Like, the, there'd be war in the streets. <laughs> orange get the orange one. I mean... Like, the, that, that just... That's marketing that writes itself. But what I was trying to say here is that if this thing actually does come out in the U.S., I think it would be a big step in the right direction for Nokia. Um, we know that they have this developers contest with AT&T, and I don't... 10 million one. Yeah, they put $10 million down on that. Like, that's, that's a lot of money to invest in the U.S. 
but like they're really making an effort to show that they want to make apps for the U.S. They want to get the voices out there for the U.S. and they want to get the carriers involved. And really, it's that last one that they need to do the most is get the carriers involved because they're not going to win anything in the U.S. without the carriers. Let's be clear. Yeah, it's sad, but it's true. <laughs> and I was saying earlier today to a couple guys that work at Nokia that even though that they're doing a good job of showing off the N8 and showing what the N8 can do and showing off all these features they put in it, they've really done a really poor job of showing why the average person would want to buy an N8. Like, they they put all these features in there, but then when you ask them, like, why would an average person want to use USB on the go? They say, well, that's something that we think power users are going to take advantage of. And they should stop right there. Like, I could think of maybe four or five cases why a power, like, why an average user would need USB on the go. Uh, that's, a, that's a problem with the marketing right there. Apple oh. does an amazing job at it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean... They just need to make it geared towards the average consumer. Just basically in the commercial, show them how it works easily, how basic and easy it is to do video editing on the N8. I mean, it was pretty smooth when when we used it. And plug in the USB on the go is is you just plug it in and it pops up on the screen right there. So I mean, because how many how many videos have they shown us that are shot with the N8 and edited with the N8 or pictures that have been. At played with at the NA, but the, you haven't seen a single video or commercial showing how easy it is to edit a video on an NA. Like, if you take the example of Apple, for example, yeah, they've got one. Uh, if you see the the ads for the FaceTime, like every single possibility or every single situation where you could actually need to have FaceTime, they actually are milking the heck out of it. Yeah, like if someone breaks their leg, they want to talk to their friends who's still in, in a football cup. They still they they FaceTime show them that they've won. Grandchildren want to see their grandparents FaceTime. I think this just shows how the the, the creative genius that Apple has and that Nokia doesn't have yet. Don't show people oh. the the amazing stuff you can do show them how they can do it and how easy it is right. to do something and the thing with those FaceTime is pulling, pulling emotional strings in those commercials that's yeah. all they're doing in, in, all, the, right. in all the FaceTime commercials. and they're using those emotional strings to hide the fact that some of these commercials don't make any sense like I mean that one you mentioned where the guy broke his leg and he wanted to check if his football team won the game you're just supposed to imagine that there's just Wi-Fi in the, in the, in the locker room <laughs> and there's one where a wife is telling her husband that she's pregnant and like she didn't show him any kind of sonogram she didn't show him any photographs she just said to him like yeah we're pregnant and well, yeah, it, there's no reason that had to be a video call i don't know why you do that over the phone anyway no the- it's because it's because she was um she was mute so she needed to use sign language no 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 not that one that was the first one they have a new one now oh, really where they're just talking <laughs> and he's t- the wife is just talking to him on a video call, and like the whole commercial, I'm just waiting for her to show him a picture of a sonogram or something, and nothing happens. I was like, so why was this a video call? <laughs> but um, maybe to show that it doesn't have to be an imp- very important for you to do a video call. It has it could become something that you do regularly and on a daily basis. Well, to be honest, if you need to use Wi-Fi on both ends to do a video call, I don't think that video call is very important. Yeah, but it's going to be like at the beginning they did with uh, all the data stuff like uh, Slingshot and to, da- to, to view uh, streaming. It was Wi-Fi at the beginning. As soon as AT&T get their, uh, their, their network sorted, they'll just make it what 3G afterwards. 
That's true. But with the, I don't know about, as soon as that happens. Yeah. I don't, it, about the U, I don't know about the US or Canada, but in the UK we've had uh, 3G video calling since the early 2000s. We've had, we've had 3G video calling since about 2006 in Canada. And in America, they still don't really have it. Nope. <laughs> yeah, you guys still don't. You guys still have video share and stuff like that. But it has to be something that the people pick up. There was a big flop in the UK because people knew it was there, but it was simply just too expensive. But back to the marketing, a good example is that N8 commercial that first came out after they announced it where they, uh, they're in the bar playing foosball. That was an awesome oh, commercial. Yeah. It was really fun. It was nice to watch. Like the, the YouTube video was all interactive and everything. But at the end of the day, that commercial makes me want to go out and play foosball with my buddies, not go out and buy an N8. Like, the commercial <laughs> had nothing to do with the N8. Besides at the end, at where they like hook up the NA to the bar TV and they're watching the videos that they just made, but it it did nothing for like the like the average person to say, oh wow, that phone is really cool. Do you remember the the ads for the N900, the one where you had the phone with the very techno music behind and you could see everything the person was doing, taking pictures, uploading them to Flickr, tagging yeah. people and stuff. I, I thought that was a really good ad. That was a be- that was a better ad, but I think it like it could have been done a little bit better like there's places where you could have improved on it but no that's the type of ad they have to make where they show yeah this is what you can do with the phone but the only problem is that when they do the there is a video I, I just I did watch a video just today I think it was on either YouTube or Vimeo it was like a good four minute long video I don't think it's going to go straight straight to TV but they did outline basically every single hardware feature of the N8. I haven't got a chance to see that yet. I'll, 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 I'll give you guys a link to it. I saw it, I think it was on uh, NokiaUsers.net. Because I know the um, the commercials they made with that like little N8 music that uh, is now my ringtone that we were all fighting over to get as a ringtone in back in April. Um, those commercials were, they were cool, but like they weren't the kind of commercials you'd put on TV. Like, if you wanted to see the feature set, and then they, after that, they had that weird British guy just sitting down with the N8 and making, like, 15-minute-long videos going over features. Yeah. They need to do some marketing, because, like, I mean, right now, you ask the average person if they've ever heard of Nokia, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I had a Nokia phone, like, five years ago. And they automatically think, like, a little cheap phone that I could get for, like, $40 on a prepaid contract at my, uh, my carrier. So... It always shocks people when I pull out my N900 or another high-end Nokia device, and they're like, oh, what is that? I'm like, it's a Nokia. And they're like, what? <laughs> so they got to do it. Every, every time I show the N900, all of my friends have actually given it a nickname. They call it the Beast, simply because, one, it's massive, and two, it does things they never thought they'd actually need. I remember taking pictures for a, a holiday when we all went together, just putting it onto TV out and showing them the pictures on it on the TV screen, and they were amazed. It's just stuff that some people don't have the same interaction we have with technology. I'm thinking about Simon uh, and Karen, like, we all like to play around with our little phones, we like to, to install custom stuff, and, and it's just something that isn't given to everyone. That's true. Like, not I don't I don't think there's any other manufacturers that have really taken advantage of TVO. Um, you might see a couple things with HDMI outs, but how often do you see like a a TV out cable in a Sony Ericsson phone? You had one on the on the iPhone, but you had to buy a, an extra dock, I think, which cost you like in thirty to forty dollars. Yeah. And that's just ridiculous. People want stuff out of the box. They don't want to have to buy accessories for every single new feature they want to add. 
Mm-hmm. Well, since we're still on the topic of Nokia, um, I want to talk about why everyone thinks that uh, Nokia needs to put Android on their phones, or Nokia is going to put Windows Phone Seven on their phones, which was so like it was just so wrong that it was laughable. Like just because the new CEO used to work at Microsoft, that means that he's going to put Windows Phone Seven on everything because you know he secretly still works for Microsoft. But no one mentions the fact that he used to work for Macromedia, so why would they not say that they're going to put some new custom Adobe OS on all their phones? So, Mike, what do you think about this? We haven't heard from you in a while. You've um, been letting the geeks talk for too long. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I don't know. I, I just try to block it out at this point. Android is, is going in its own direction, and, and there's so many different versions now, and there's some phones that aren't going to get it, and there's some phones that are... Um, I just don't want to see it. That's part of the fun, though. But why people are thinking <laughs> that needs to be done, uh, I don't know. People I, just lost faith in Symbian is, is pretty much what it is right now. And like I said earlier, Android's the next hot thing. So everybody's assuming that since Nokia is losing so much market share, um, not even that they're losing that much market share, but you look at their, their stocks and everything, they're down really bad. So they think they're going to make a a rush decision and jump to Android. And I think they're going to start thing by not. Now, the funny thing is, like, everybody says, oh, well, Nokia is, like, their share value is down, like, 70% over the last, like, two years. I'm like, well, over the last two years, we went through a recession, didn't we? So, yeah. I mean, the only one stock, like, whose stock didn't fall was, like, Apple. And that's because they're pretty much bulletproof at this point until the next time they have, like, an Apple recession. Because they go through one of those every few every few decades or so. Like, there's always some time where they get into some serious trouble and they come they bounce back with a major project. But like in the '90s, it was the I, the first iMac, and then after that, it was the iPod, and then it was the iPhone. So, I I agree. I mean, it, this, you can't you can't um, ignore the fact though that the shares are under ten dollars a share for Nokia. But like you said about Apple, if if there's going to be anyone that's going to make a big comeback, it's going to be Nokia. So. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty sure that they're gonna end up coming back up sometime in the next year. But I think people over exaggerate when they say Nokia is gonna be out of business. Like, there's no way that happens. Like, that just doesn't happen. But people who usually think that are people who live in the United States and see very little influence of Nokia on the other phones. Exactly. If you go to Euro- if you go to Europe, or well, I go sometimes to see uh, my father who still lives in Saudi Arabia, and when I go there, they only swear by Nokia. It's ridiculous. That's because they let the governments tap the phones, but uh, we won't go there. I'll let you finish your point. I know, but still, they actually gave uh, Rim. Uh, they actually gave the uh, Saudi government uh, access to the to the files. So yeah, now it's the same. It's not just it's not just Nokia. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, you, you, like when you think about it, it is quite a big market, and it's people who are pretty well off in general and who don't mind buying a few phones. Like every person I think I know has at least two to three phones. It's ridiculous. And when you've got such a big market that has an influence on the whole on the whole area around them, you wouldn't want to give up. But well, we'll talk about this some other time. But uh, but just to say that if you go out of the of the U.S. where most bloggers are based. And you go to the other places like Europe and, and Southeast Asia and like big countries like China or, or, or India, Nokia still has an influence and is still considered one of the most reliable brands. And it's true because you only hear the doom and gloom and the uh, Nokia's dying stories from the U.S. blogs. It's, um, it's pretty ridiculous, actually. Yep. And sadly, the U.S. blogs are the ones that are the most influential right now. 
they're the biggest and you know Americans are the loudest so yeah and maybe we can change that maybe we can shift it to, to I don't know Canada and the UK a bit yeah, yeah, well, we could just we could just get everyone yeah. reading the mobile fanatics. That's uh, yeah, that's a Mike, good start. So Canada's joining forces with the UK. Uh, yeah, it's sure. it's it's World War One all over again. Nice. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, we're gonna get people reading the mobile fanatics, and they're gonna learn like some kind of unbiased opinions. Except about Samsung, I'm still convinced they make crap. LG too. <laughs> I'm behind you on that one. Right. If if we all if we all choose a company to this, I want to take Sony Ericsson then. And you um you brought up BlackBerry, which is good because yesterday they announced um was it yesterday or was it the day before? I'm on va- I'm uh, I've been on vacation, so like the days are running together. Um, they announced uh, a tablet the other day. I'm I'm not on the same time zone as you, so it my my yesterday would be maybe your before yesterday, so. Okay, so yeah. Yes, it was yesterday. <laughs> All right, Simon's like enough of you two. It, it was yesterday. So the playbook, weird name for a tablet, especially because it's geared towards professionals and the enterprise users. Simon, what do you think about it? Uh, apart from the name, which I don't like, I think that uh, I think it's going to be pretty big. I know that the internals are pretty beefy spec, and uh, coupled with with the QNX system, and I've actually used QNX back in the day. It's sloppy, and just the live CD, and it was it was amazing. Like these, you no know, QNX is designed to run on like power plants, nuclear embedded systems. It's built for robustness. It's built for for power, and I think it's going to deliver. And I think it's exactly what Rim needs in a a new change to their, I guess, to their whole idea of attacking the market. At at the end of the day, though, will will the end user pick up the playbook and the iPad and really notice a significant difference in speed or or power? Well, they'll notice that once they walk away from Wi-Fi, that the playbook won't work anymore. But uh, other than that, I don't think so. But I did, they I did say that's got a plan of making 3G versions later on. So I think it's just like a yeah to see how the market's going to be doing. It's a little bit it's a little bit backwards though. You should probably come out with the fully featured ones first, and then do a Wi-Fi only one like the Galaxy Tab, rather than uh come out backwards. Because I mean, you alienate a whole bunch of people. Like yeah. if if they were the first tablet out, I'd say okay, that's fine. But I mean, they're competing with a bunch of them. Yeah. But Simon was making a point before I cut him off, so I'm going to let him uh, finish talking. Um, also, the fact that they have, have such, such an open platform. Uh, you've got HTML5, you've got WebKit, you've got Adobe Flash Player, you've got Adobe Air, which is going to bring a lot of a lot of apps TweetDeck. straight over to that. TweetDeck, yeah, for sure. It's, you know, it's it just it's going to work basically out of the box. And a lot of the stuff people are used to on their desktops will be running on a tablet. Now, the thing about the the thing that ever like a lot of people raised was like, oh, well, this new operating system that's on the tablet, it's nothing really like BlackBerry OS, and that's definitely not a bad thing because a smartphone OS is not necessarily a tablet OS, and I think a lot of these tablets that are running Android are learning that. And yeah, I like the I, Galaxy one. Like, I mean, that's why Mego has different 
OSs based on what it's for. Like, they have a different, oh, like, the handset OS is not going to be the same as the netbook OS. And the netbook OS is not going to be the same as the tablet OS. Because I've seen that HP slate that has uh, been leaked earlier this earlier today. And I saw it running Windows 7, start menu and all. And I was like, that's kind of uh, not cool for a tablet to have a... A Windows start menu in it. It just seems kind of counterproductive. Like I have to tap all these things to get open up an application. Like this should be, I should be able to pick this up and do whatever I want to do in as many as few touches as possible. And I think that goes for anything that has a touch screen on. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather see Windows Mobile seven on on it than than even Android. Exactly. Like I really, uh, I really think Wait, that these. What, uh, what's what's Windows Mobile seven? Windows Phone 7, whatever. Windows Phone 7. Thank you. God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just... I I would love to have the playbook. I would love to have it in the $400 or $500 range. Like, I wouldn't pay that much for an iPad. um, But I would pay that much for for this. Or for a high-end Mego device, depending on how Mego ends up coming out. But I just can't see myself... Or, or a lot of the general consumers paying anywhere above five, $550, $600 for this thing. Well, the funny thing about it is in Toronto, most people my age, and my age is uh, mid-20s, use Blackberries. And most people younger than my age use Blackberries, and most high school kids now are trying to use Blackberries because they're all addicted to BBM. So... These are the same people that anytime they throw out an update to BlackBerry OS or if they throw out an update to BBM, these are the people that don't update unless they have to. And the last time they updated BBM, there was cries. Like, the same people who complain about new Twitter or any time that they can they update Facebook. Like, these are the people that just don't, like, change, but they're just casual users that happen to use Blackberries because of BBM. And a lot of these people found out about the playbook, and they're asking me, like, Blacks, Blacks, what do you think? Like... Am I going to get this? Like, And I'm like, well, no, because you weren't going to get an iPad. Just because Rim makes this doesn't mean it's for you. And I honestly, after you look at the specs of this and say you needed a tablet and you compare it to an iPad, if you're just a BlackBerry user that all you use is BBM, there's no reason for you to buy a Playbook. Is there a reason to buy, buy a Playbook over an iPad? If you're a BBM user, if you're just a casual BlackBerry user that just uses it for BBM, definitely not. If you just if you're just looking for a tablet, would you take an iPad or a Playbook? I'd take a Playbook. I would regardless too. Of price. I I need to find out what the whole tethering thing is about. Like, if this thing can only tether with Blackberries, I definitely don't want one. Yeah, but the iPhone won't get anywhere near that either, or the iPad. What do you mean? I mean, it's not going to let you do any kind of tethering. No, but I mean, the playbook as it stands right now does not have a 3G radio in it. That's right, the 3G radio. So you need, they said, well, you can tether it to a BlackBerry and use the BlackBerry's data connection to use the playbook. Now, if it only pairs with BlackBerry's, that's a problem. Well, it, it, how I imagine it working is it'll, it'll pair and tether with a BlackBerry over Bluetooth. If you want to tether it over Wi-Fi, it'll do it. It's regular 802.11b, right. G, and N. It's, it's, it's a certified standard. It'll do that if you want to run a hotspot on your mobile phone. Right, but what if I have a mobile phone that can't run a hotspot? What if I'm using my N900? The N900 can run a hotspot. You just yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, but I'll be on edge. <laughs> 
You know, you know, thinking I about these things. On your side than anything else. <laughs> like I'm the only one opposing this. This whole thing existed. Like you, I know Simon. You love it because it's QNX, and I think the other two of you guys like it because it's not made by Apple. But I don't see. <laughs> why RIM chose to make a, a tablet, because you know how anti-tablet I am. I honestly see this thing as a fad, and I see it going away soon. Um, I don't. I actually think it's the opposite. And when we spoke yesterday, you said the same thing to, you said the same thing to me, but I honestly don't see this thing sticking around long-term. I, I actually do. I give, give it 10 years, I believe. No one will use netbooks, and everybody in the school will be using a tablet. Well, net, like the thing is, I don't see why anyone would buy a tablet when you have a smartphone that could do the same thing as your tablet, and for a couple have hundred you, dollars you, you can tried, buy a laptop. Have you ever seen? Have you ever tried to read an ebook on your phone, regardless of how good the application is, screen size? Well, that's much. that's why you buy an ebook reader, not a tablet with a with a full blown. Color screen. Yeah. yeah, but the problem yeah. is, for the problem that what I think now is that the colors on everything like a Kindle or any other ebook reader, it just does that. For for two hundred, three hundred dollars more, you could get an, a, a pretty much a mini computer that would do so much more. Yeah, but that's two hundred, three hundred dollars more. Like I mean, as as yeah, far as as far as the iPad goes for an ebook reader, I've tried using an iPad for about half an hour, and my eyes hurt like hell afterwards. To read the newspaper on an iPad, um, I might have bad eyes, but my eyes hurt like hell after I finish reading. So that's why ebook readers are in e-ink, and that's why they look grainy and like new, like you're reading the newspaper. It's so that your eyes don't hurt from prolonged reading. Um, and you, like you said, for two hundred or three hundred dollars more, well, you get what you, you get what you get what you pay for. Like it's, you're not talking just about a couple bucks. We're talking about a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, but let's not forget, in the UK, everything's a lot more expensive. So for me, 200 to $300 isn't the same exactly as, as what you would see it. But um, I honestly think it's like, I think tablets are here to stay, whether we like it or not. And that there is sometimes where you, absolutely, you don't need the keyboard of a netbook. You just need something where you can just go through sheets of paper. And you, you want to be able to have internet and be able to, to enjoy the web in full with multi-touch and everything. So I say within 10 years... I can see the, the the tablets doing really really well. I got a question. Yeah. Is is this confirmed to be around the six fifty to seven fifty range, or they haven't talked? No, they no, haven't talked no. about price yet. Okay. Um, they, haven't, they, haven't, they, haven't, they haven't let people touch it yet, so like we're not talking price yet. This thing's not supposed to be coming out till probably next spring anyway. So I said yeah, uh, first quarter of uh, two thousand eleven. My big question about it is though. Who's going to sell this thing if it doesn't have 3G? Like, RIM only does business pretty much through the carriers. So I'm wondering where they plan on selling these things. We've seen how good, how well, like, you can go through selling stuff through Best Buy. And, I mean, Best Buy is pretty much the only big retailer left around in the States. Like, Circuit City went under a couple years ago. And, like, what else is there? Like, I mean, in Canada. Walmart. Oh yes, Walmart. <laughs> the biggest thing that Walmart's ever sold, as far as it comes to phones, is uh, did they sell the iPhone 3GS? Yeah, they had it with the eight gig 3Gs or whatever. Like they had some kind of iPhone that was getting leaked. I can see, like, uh, give it maybe a few months after the release. I can see a rim selling like a very small package, which could. I think there are USB slots on them. So uh, if uh, if you could, I could see them like maybe 
by a little uh, extension in which you could put a, f- a very small uh, SIM card, like the MiFi systems, and then if you absolutely need it, you could just plug it in and use the internet. And I can see it come subsidized with uh, with some sort of contract on maybe a year or, or, or a year and a half plan. I wonder if they start bundling them with BlackBerry devices. Oh, that would be a good, good possibility. idea. I, I can see a, a few markets that, that'll pick this up, uh, the medical industry as well as uh, government and, and military. I can definitely see them using it just because of the, uh, the platform, you know, it's secure, it's stable, and it's it, it, it runs new power plants. I don't know what else you'd want from it. Um, when Simon I, finds something really geeky, it's the best. He, like, swears by it. Would this be would this be something that that companies would pick up um, to replace their laptops that they send out to with all their sales reps instead of sending I can, a window? Yeah, I, could def- I could definitely I could see them definitely doing see that. that happening. Like you send them out with a BlackBerry anyway, so you might as well send them out. Yeah, and, uh, and the same and the platform still has uh, the best security encryption for emails and, and files. So I'm I'm thinking it would definitely be enough something they could do. That's what I mean. I mean, because right now I, I see a lot of business people still carrying around their little their little laptops with Windows, and they're still stuck on Windows XP because it costs so much to upgrade to Windows Seven, um, and they hate it. Well, it's it's not all it's not all just about cost. Like, I mean, the upgrade path does take a lot longer when you're not talking about an office and um, working in IT. I could tell you that uh, a lot of corp- a lot of companies have not made the jump from XP to Seven. Um, our company, I work for one of the biggest retailers in Canada right now, and we're just starting to migrate computers from from XP to Seven, and we're probably not going to start in earnest until next spring. So, it's not necessarily cost, but to your point, I can see, yeah, you, if you rather than upgrade these laptops to Windows Seven or buy these guys new laptops, maybe you wanted to stick a pa- uh, a tablet in their briefcase and send them on the road. And yes, I know I digressed from the point. A lot right there, but <laughs> it's all right. No, but it's quite important to see the the adoption rate companies have for technologies and the rate to which uh, companies do issue technologies. Like, um, how how long has it been? I think it's been ten years since XP is out, and you still have company who rely on a daily basis most of their business on a ten year old OS. When you've got a fresh OS that works, that doesn't have the same problems as Vista, but you'll see, I don't see most companies using XP for the next maybe two to three years. It's just it just takes time. Yeah, but a lot of that a lot of that is also legacy applications that that they rely on anyways I don't before we start getting into discussing desktop OS migrations hey it's 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 fun and and it's it's been nine it's been nine years since XP came out so yeah wow yeah but, I mean there's, there's there's still companies using Internet Explorer 6 out there yeah our company just upgraded to eight last 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 month so I hear it's I hear it. to know that to know that there's there's Huge corporations running around with IE6 that has huge vulnerabilities and, and, and problems with it. Hey, hush, man! Like I'm like I can't let people know that there's still computers over. That's at- more work for you. <laughs> I can't let people know that there's still computers in the world, like in big Canadian companies that still run IE6. Like I can't, like people people can't know this. But well, no. no one knows where you are. It's alright. Well, I don't know. It's not that hard to tell. Um, as far as like the tablet, like I, one thing I want to see about the playbook is this OS that they have running on it. Um, I'm really interested in seeing it, and I want to know if this is like the precursor to BlackBerry OS Seven. 
because BlackBerry OS good. really, really needs to like it really needs to be torn down. Like they need to burn it down and then just start new. Like they just need to like just t- start over, like how when like Microsoft did. I hope that doesn't frustrate a lot of BlackBerry people right now. But I agree. Have you used a BlackBerry lately? I don't I, think they could get any more frustrated. You know, I think I, I think the whole OS is just on a the people who made the OS are just were just on a budget to be honest with you. Just the fact that when you try to look up a contact, all you have is two lines on top and on the bottom and the name of the contact, no picture, no 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 address line. It's just I just think the people who made the OS were, were, were on a budget to be honest. They were tight. Well, the the the, the platform is was really restrained and then they tried to, to to bring it into the consumer market and they've been bolting on they've been bolting on stuff yeah. ever since like they it was not designed it's not designed to be used the way it's used today like it's not designed to be looking at youtube videos it's not designed to be having 100 bbm contacts like people always like oh why did my bbm max out at like a certain number because you're not supposed to have that many contacts <laughs> like you're not supposed to have a thousand contacts you're not supposed to have a thousand contacts on B- blackberry i don't know if any of you have used bbm before but once you get at the beginning it's like msn you, you add every single person you've ever heard of it and in the end the number of people you actually talk to on bbm now Seven. i've got like four really gr- yeah <laughs> i was gonna go less than 10 you honestly talk to less than them people on a regular basis. Now, I've been using a BlackBerry since 2006. And since I started at this company I'm currently at in 2008, I have not given anyone my PIN. I've decided not to give any of my friends my PIN because, like, this is my work device. I'm keeping you guys off of it. And one thing I find with BlackBerry users, and I'm pretty sure any any BlackBerry listeners that we have are going to say the same thing. If you're in a room with, like, six people and four people have BlackBerries, those four people will always have their BlackBerries in their hand the whole night. Uh, it, it's just, like, you, they, you you can't stop them. Like, they're on BBM. Like, they'll be on BBM talking to each other some at some time. But the problem I think that is you can't you simply cannot switch it off. You could put yourself as busy or not available or simply not reply to people, but you'll still have that nagging little red light telling you someone wants to say something and you're not actually talking to them. And like I mean, at one point I was gonna write a long article about IM versus text messaging and it was gonna basically be like BBM versus text messaging. But um it never got done. Uh, just too many things got involved, and I may still write it. But it, there's a lot of interesting stuff to t- touch touch on when you bring up those two those two um, topics. And tell anybody with a BlackBerry, like, just text me, and they're like, "No, get a BlackBerry." It's <laughs> it's it's amazing. Like they'll they'll tell you get a BlackBerry. They'll swear to the death by their BlackBerry, but really the only thing they use it for is BBM. They don't even make phone calls. As you guys could probably tell, I'm not a BlackBerry user. Oh no, Mike. We know you're not a BlackBerry user. We <laughs> we know that you've never touched one. We're, we're gonna send you, we're gonna send you one for Christmas one though. Don't worry. Right. I can't wait. <laughs> they're, they're they're selling dirt cheap up here as of, as of now. So we're, I'm gonna buy you like a Curve 3G, and I'm just gonna ship it down there and let you go go nuts with it. <laughs> you actually have one of those in the house somewhere. I should try it out one of these days. Why do you have a BlackBerry in the house? Uh, wife had one a few years ago before the iPhone came out, when the BlackBerry was even the cool thing to have out here. See, one of these days we're gonna have to have your wife on the on the the toss up, because <laughs> like I want to know how she feels one being married to a phone nerd, and two <laughs> what her phone like how much of a phone no- nerd she is herself. Like she's not are, at all. <laughs> see, these are the things I need to know. Like, <laughs> 
Like, and, and it bothers me that she got to go to Nokia World and I did not. So uh. <laughs> I think we're going to end off on that note. Um, Mike's wife got to go to Nokia World and I did not. I was back here in Toronto. I didn't have to go to London. I'm here. It would have been the cheapest thing in the world. No tickets, no hotel. I live in London. But no, no. She didn't get inside. Hey, she still went to London and got to party and do the, meet all the bloggers and do all the fun stuff. She okay. She didn't get to sit through like some of the boring keynotes because <laughs> I woke up at three in the morning and I watched some of those keynotes and some hey, buddy, boring as hell. You could have you could have tagged along with your own ticket. <sighs> Come on, we would. Your wife your that. wife goes for free and I I pay my own way and. Hey, she didn't go for free either, man. She paid her own way. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, that's a little bit. Who do you think paid for her plane ticket? One world. Me? Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, I I I I forgot about that part, but you still, must have been really, you must have been really angry. <laughs> I was just blinded by I was blinded by rage. Yes. You haven't given him a swag yet. He's still angry. <laughs> yeah, where the hell is that? We're gonna wrap up on that note on. Uh, Kyron being very bitter that he was not invited to Nokia World, and um, Mike's wife not going to Nokia World for free, apparently. Let's tell you guys how to reach us. Even though this is not a podcast, this is a toss-up, our email address says podcast, so just ignore that. Email us, podcast at the at themobilefanatics.com. You can find us on Twitter at the Fanatics Mob. On Twitter, I am at EverythingBlacks, B-L-A-X-X. Mike is... Mike Macias, M-A-C-I-A-S, the last name. You know how to spell Mike. You hope they know how to spell Mike. I don't, sure I don't do. know. M-I-C? <laughs> yeah, there you go. You need a new and, one uh, of those. <laughs> it's not me. It's not me. I am uh, Simon. Uh, what's my Twitter handle? LR. LR. Yeah. At Simon LR. What is LR, by the way? It's his last name. Uh, you know. <laughs> easy with that. <laughs> Trying to keep everything on the down low. See, and si- si- one guy, one guy at 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 the Nokia World meetup finally figured it out. Figured out my last name. Hey, when I figured out your last name, I was happy as hell. It's probably because I shouted it out. <laughs> They're punks. Yeah. Right. Here. I mean, it's uh, at Benjezi, and it's pretty much the same. It's the same handle for anything else like Flickr, uh, Gmail, anything. Don't so give out your Gmail, man. <laughs> They're gonna be all over you. I don't mind, man. I've got a pretty good spam filter, so I should be all right. The Chinese government's already got into his Gmail. <laughs> well, that's it for this week. Next week, we're going to come at you with some uh, new topics. We want to hear from you guys. When we post this up, make sure you leave some comments about some stuff you want us to talk about. If you want to talk about more Windows Phone 7, you want to talk about more Nokia, you want to talk about more Android, if you want to talk about the... Uh, Mike's wife's phone habits if you want to talk about Simon's Jeep whatever Um, leave comments let us know and we're out for this week guys take it easy bye bye bye